Uh, if you're ready to live free today, somebody said amen. amen. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> Galatians chapter 1, verse 1. This morning, we're going to discover the power of the gospel uh, and overcoming sin and the flesh and living in the power of the Holy Spirit, but without the standards of religious rules. And uh, before we talk about what the gospel is this morning, we're really focusing on what the gospel is not, okay? Galatians chapter 1, verse 1, Paul, an apostle, not sent from men, nor through the agency of man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead. And all the brethren who are with me, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, so that, here's the gospel, he might rescue us from this present evil age according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forevermore. Amen. Somebody said amen. Okay, that's the gospel message. And then in verse 6, he says, I am amazed that you are so quickly deserting him who called you by the grace of Christ. How are we called? By the grace of Christ for a different gospel, which is really not another, only there are some who are disturbing you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even we or an angel of heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we've preached to you. He is to be accursed. We can live free today. And you can live free of external religious standards, okay? I want you to follow along with me. Uh, i just be honest. There are a lot of catchy messages out there. there are a lot, I listen to a lot of podcasting. There are a lot of great sermon illustrations, a lot of great um, you know, sermon props and all this. I just want to give you the unfiltered gospel today, okay? I'm not here to amaze you or to wow you or entertain you. I want to just give you Jesus. Is that good enough for you? Okay, very good. I just want to make sure I'm at my home church. All right, good. But we can live free of external religious standards. And, you know, today I think uh, many Christians unknowingly, and I could put myself in that boat years ago, were unknowingly uh, feeling approved by some religious things that we tend to do. And they may be good things. But sometimes we unknowingly follow these codes of conduct for good works or abstinence or sobriety. Uh, maybe it's modest dress. Maybe it's tithing. Maybe it's even being used in spiritual gifts, speaking in tongues. But false doctrine always occurs when we fail to see that Jesus is enough. Turn to your neighbor and somebody and say, Jesus is enough. Man, he is enough. He is, he's good and he's enough. And here's the good news, that right standing and living, right standing and holy living with God comes only by faith in the work of Jesus Christ alone, by nothing else but faith in the work of Christ alone and through the power of the Holy Spirit. So here's what we're going to do this morning. I'm going to talk to you about a false gospel. Each week I'll tell you about a false gospel, then I'm going to go into the deeper part of what the gospel is. And, uh, and then we're going to talk about what the gospel is today. The gospel is grace, the gospel is justification, and the gospel is faith. But number one false gospel we're going to deal with today is that uh, the gospel is not standards. Okay? The gospel is not, number one, external standards. Uh, and what was happening in this church, let's go back in time here uh, to that first century. The Apostle Paul had kind of gotten sick, and he had gotten stopped in a place called Galatia. And this Galatia was kind of a, a rough area, a Romanized colony, and there were some Jews and some Gentiles in this town, and they had taken him in. And when they took him in, he had begun to preach the gospel. And they received him willingly. But as he began to preach the gospel, then he got better and he left. He comes back and finds out later that these people who had so willingly accepted the gospel had been 
changed and received some other doctrine by what we call Judaizers. A Judaizer is a Christian who is a Jew who was really against what Paul was doing. We call them uh, these false teachers, he'll say. And what was happening is in, in the Roman world, the Jews were very known by their external things. God had called them to do some things like male circumcision. He'd called them to do some traditions and some things, uh, this ceremonial law that we would say that would separate Jews from Gentiles. And in the Roman times, about this first century, what was happening, there was a lot of paganism going on, and Jews were losing their distinctive identity. In Israel, a lot of Jews were falling from faith. Pagan idols were coming in, and immorality was taking hold. And so you see this right-wing conservative branch called the Pharisees rise up. And they were really the good guys. They were saying, hey, what we're going to do... Uh, is build a wall around the moral teachings of God. So we've got the ceremonial law and the moral law. Well, they said, let's build some traditions that are going to keep our people safe from falling into immorality. And so they began to build upon these ceremonial traditions, like don't eat, don't taste, don't touch, don't do, uh, all these things. And so if we do make sure we're in this little bubble over here, then we'll never fall into all the sin of this world. Okay, sounds like a good idea, kind of, right? I'm going to protect my kids, so I'm going to shelter them. That's kind of the idea, right? We're sheltering our kids so they will never turn to those things. And so that's what was happening. So when these Christians got saved, as these Jews got saved, uh, they said, well, okay, we're going to these Gentiles, a bunch of pagans, a bunch of heathens, like some of us in here, right? No, I'm, go- I'm joking. We are, that's okay. All right, so going to these, this Jewish Christian comes now over to this Gentile Christian and says, hey, This is what's going on. Yes, Jesus Christ saves you from your sin. But if you really want to be sure, if you really want to make sure you're saved, you really ought to adopt some of these rules. Because that'll keep you safe. It'll keep you secure. And you'll look and act more holy. You'll sound like a real Christian. And you'll look like a real Christian. Okay? Anybody ever had this experience before in your life? All right? So this is what's going on. They had begun this wall of traditions around the moral law. And Jesus comes, but he's set all this aside. And he says, I fulfill the law. I fulfill the ceremonial law. And I fulfill the moral law. And so they're saying, yes, you need to for sure be circumcised, men. You for sure need to do these things. Probably go to these traditions. Probably change this about your life. And really, think about it, what harm is a few, few rules in Christianity? What harm is a few rules in Christianity? After all, think about this. How is Christianity maintained if I don't have a few standards of moral conduct? How are we to know what we should do or not do? Jesus said to the Pharisees in Mark chapter 7, verse 8, He says this, He says, Neglecting the commandments of God, you hold to the traditions of men. When we, uh, when we fear society's influence, okay, sometimes we begin to add tradition and religion to the gospel to feel safe. I'm going to say that again. Sometimes when we, fulfe- when we fear society's influence, we add things to the gospel to feel safe. But Paul is saying here, if you add anything to Jesus Christ... If you add anything to Jesus Christ, it is a false gospel. What does that mean to add to the gospel of Christ? What's the consequences of that? There are some popular Christian rules that we do and feel to feel better about ourselves. For instance, I'll read you some that I thought of. Uh, I say to myself, well, I stopped drinking. I feel better about myself. 
okay? Uh, I turned off secular music. I was baptized in a certain way. I became a church member. I started tithing. Maybe I changed the way I dress. I didn't get any more tattoos. I took out those earrings out of my ears or nose or other places. Uh, I spoke in tongues. I joined the worship team. I started volunteering. I'm a Sunday school teacher. Are you more confident in your salvation when you do those things? You know, I used to think so when I was a young whippersnapper in the Assemblies of God. You know, like, yeah, you know, I don't listen to that stuff. I don't do those things. I don't go around that crowd. I don't say those things. I don't watch those movies. I don't go to those entertainment places. You know, when I was younger, it was a big deal to go to the roller rink because that's where kids fell away from God, you know. Today, that's so mild, it's unbelievable. But, but that's, that's what we do. Sometimes we begin to put all these walls because we think these walls are going to really change our hearts. But when in fact, they don't. And so Paul's saying, if you add anything to the gospel of Christ, if you've had anything to Jesus Christ that makes you feel more holy, that makes you feel more safe, that makes you feel more saved, it in turn is a false gospel. It's a false gospel. It in fact, it's heresy. And so anything that is not Christ alone, he's saying in these first few verses, if it's not Christ alone, if you look in Galatians 2, verse 5, he says if it's not in Christ alone, it's threatening the body of Christ and it's distorting the truth of the gospel. Why? Because it causes religious barriers is a good example. Peter was the same way. Peter couldn't decide if he could eat with Gentiles or Jews. And when Jews came around, he said, well, when Gentiles are around, I I can eat and eat more freely with these Gentiles and hang out and look like them. I don't really care so much. But when the Jews come around, I really feel like I got to put that holy robe back on and be separated. And he said, Paul comes and he chews him out. And he says, hey, this is distorting the truth of the gospel. There are no standards that separate us anymore in Jesus Christ. There is no longer Jew and Gentile, slave nor free. There's just those of us who've been saved by the blood of the Lamb. It's just Jesus Christ and Him crucified. That's it. That's it. And so we should thank God for that because all these divisions... We see denominations rising. Not all of it is bad, but we see that there are things that begin to separate us, that some Christians begin uh, in this context to think they were more holy than others. And he calls these teachers, he says, these people who are teaching you these things are false brothers. They're not really Christians at all because they don't even understand the gospel of Jesus Christ that they're pretending to preach to you. And in fact, they're enslaving you with legalism that's causing you to not even see God's grace. He says it will lead you towards destruction. Be aware of any doctrine that is going to enslave you with standards that are external. That's Paul's message. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is scripture. This is not Pastor Heath's interpretation on any certain denomination. I'm telling you the truth of Jesus Christ that sets men free. It sets men free. Well, you say, well, what do I do, Pastor Heath? Let's look at Galatians chapter 1, verse 6 again. Because the gospel is not outer standards that add to Christ and cause divisions. I'm going to say it again. The gospel is not outer standards, external standards, that add to Christ and cause divisions. The gospel, number one, is grace. Number one, if you're taking notes, follow along with us. Number one, the gospel is grace. Number one, the gospel is not standard. Number one, the gospel is grace. Look at verse 6 of chapter 1. I'm amazed that you are so quickly deserting him who called you by the what? The grace of Christ for a different gospel. But it's really not a gospel altogether. It's not good news so he says, 
We say this, well, I know, Pastor Heath, we're saved by God's grace. I get it. But aren't there things we should do that keep us holy? Aren't there things we should do that keep us holy? Well, sure. Sure, there are actions that we should or should not do that are incompatible with the gospel. There are actions we should and should not do that are incompatible with Jesus Christ. But for Paul, the heart of all of this is found that it must begin in the grace of God. Number one, why? is because we have all sinned. We are all wretched, undone sinners. And Paul was saying, guys, I was a Jew of Jews. I had it all together. I did it all. But yet I was still undone. And if I'm undone, you heathens for sure are undone. And you guys who aren't even as done as much works as I have or got the PhDs in the Bible that I have, for sure you're undone. So if I'm undone and I'm a sinner, I needed God's grace, even though I tried to fulfill the law. And what he's saying is that even the law couldn't save me. Even the, all the holy external works that I could ever do, that I realize now that we are all sinners apart from Christ. If that's in you and you're in that category, somebody say amen. amen. We're all sinners apart from Christ, no matter how zealous we can be for holy external religious works. You know, we have to be careful as Christians uh, not to set ourselves higher than any other. Uh, and it's not looking at another denomination and thinking we're better because we've got the right doctrine. Uh, it's not looking at a new believer and say, well, they'll get there one day and they'll be as holy or as good. Or maybe if they begin to change those things and on the outside, they stop doing those things that they'll get to that place that we've all arrived at to. And if we have that air, we never may say it, but there's this air sometimes in our minds and it works out that way. But we have to remember, number one, we've all sinned. We've all sinners. We all stand equal before the throne of grace. And that grace is sufficient, Paul would argue. You know, it says that all these Jews were boasting in these religious works they had done. And Paul in Galatians chapter 6, verse 14 says, They may boast in all their works, but I'm going to boast in the cross of Jesus Christ. I'm going to boast in the one thing that really does some good in this world. And it's only the cross that could deal with man's sin. It's not works. And it's only through God's grace that anybody's ever been delivered from sin and death. And, and what is that grace? The word grace means undeserved favor. You know what that means? You didn't deserve it right? And if I realize that I never deserved God's Holy Spirit, I never deserved it, what does that do inside of me? For me, it puts me in a place of awe, and it puts me in a place of worship, and it puts me in a place of desperation to say, God, I am a wretched sinner undone, headed towards destruction. Hell with weeping and gnashing of teeth for all eternity was my destination. But there was a grace that was bought for me and paid the price for me, which I never deserved, never could attain on my own, and it was freely given to me. That's called joyful shouting. That's called thank you, Jesus. That's called hallelujah. Because, hey, I was headed this way, and I couldn't do anything about it, so now I stand in awe of grace. That's where you are. That's what a real Christian stands. I stand every day in awe of amazing grace. And I don't want to sin anymore. I don't want to go that way anymore. I don't need rules to tell me. I say, God, I'm standing at the place of grace, humbled by what you've done for me, in awe of what you've done for me. And so Paul's saying, if you need rules to help you get there, you never got grace to begin with. You don't get it. You're not in amazement of how undone you are. You think you can help Jesus out a little bit, right? And Lord knows I can't help anybody out, even myself sometimes. I can't change the way I think. I can't change my heart. I just say, God, I'm helpless. I'm hopeless. 
I'm no better than anybody else. Thank you for amazing grace, right? That's, that's what Paul is getting at. In Galatians 5, verse 4, you can flip over it. And look what he says. He says, you've been severed from Christ. You who are seeking to be justified by the law, you've fallen from grace. I love it. He uses that word severed to talk about in contrast the circumcision thing. He's saying, you've been trying to add to these things, add to Christ. But in a sense, by adding to Christ, you've been cut off from Christ. You, you, you're trying to help Christ along, and you feel more confident when you do all these things. You feel more confident about you. you say, well, I'm a, I'm a Sunday school teacher. Well, I'm on the praise team. Or I don't cuss like they cuss. Or, I, don't, I don't do that anymore. You know, I don't get tattoos, and they're getting tattoos. Or I don't go there. You know, I'm not listening to that kind of music. And we begin to think, oh, I'm pretty secure in my salvation. I'm feeling pretty good about myself. Jesus and I, we're, we're like this. We're two peas in a pod. We got it going on. And he's like, if you don't feel like you're undone... You didn't get grace. You can't add to anything to get more holy. It's only by Jesus Christ and Christ alone. You can't earn God's favor. You can't work yourself into right living. You can't work yourself into right being. You can't work yourself into right thinking. There are no holier than thou's in the church of Jesus Christ. Your efforts will never make you more better or more holy. Romans 9.16 says, Salvation depends not on the effort of man, but on the mercy of God. May we never leave the place of grace. How many people are desperate for grace today? How many people know you need grace today? And worship and awe of grace today. So number one, the gospel is grace. Number two, Paul said the gospel is justification. That's a big word. We're going to break it down a little bit today. The gospel is grace, unmerited favor for, holy, or for unholy people. But the gospel is also justification. You say, but pastor, don't we need to instruct some new believers on sin? You know, what about those earrings? What about those tattoos? What about those movies and those clothes, all those outward things? They don't look like a Christian. They don't sound like a Christian. Well, I'm going to tell you this. If you believe Christ really makes you righteous, if you really believe Christ alone really makes you righteous, the only standard you need is Him. I'm going to say it again. If you really believe Christ makes you righteous, the only standard you need in your life is Jesus Christ. He's the one that makes you righteous. He's the only standard you need. Galatians 2, verse 16. Let's look there for a second. Galatians chapter 2, verse 16. Paul says this, Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, that's the external stuff, but through faith in Christ Jesus... Even we have believed in Christ. He's saying, even me, a Jew of Jews, has believed in Christ Jesus so that we may be justified by faith in Christ, not by the works of the law, since by the works of the law, no flesh, nobody will be justified. Paul's saying, as a perfect Jew, freedom in Jesus Christ. If you want to live free today, freedom from sin solely rests upon the justification of Jesus Christ. What in the world is justification? It's a word we don't use in modern context today. Easiest way to think of it is this way we break it down is just as if I never sinned. Justification. Just as if I never sinned. That's a great way to remember it. But what it really is, it's a legal declaration. One, it's two parts. Number one, it's a legal declaration from the court of heaven that says you are no longer condemned, but you are set free. It's as if I was to arrest you for a crime, take you to the judge... And they would, the judge would just say, not guilty, right? But it's even better than that because there would still be a stigma if you 
you know, hey, you know, so-and-so got arrested the other day. Yeah, they weren't guilty, but who knows? You know, that's how we do it in, you know, rural Louisiana, right? Uh, They went to court, you know, they're innocent, but, you know, mm mm-hmm. So he says, it's as if you never even went to court. It's as if it's more than a pardon. There's no accusation, no condemnation, no shame, no regrets, no what-ifs that you have been legally changed in status from unrighteous and unholy and depraved to righteous just the same as Jesus Christ. That's amazing. You have the same status as Jesus you sit in heavenly places with him. You're going to see him in glory. You're going to walk the streets of glory. You have the same status. We're getting that today? Right, okay. So you got the status change. But number two, it's also a change on the inside. It's a change in inner workings. It's a change uh, in relationship. It's a transformation into holy lifestyle. So it's a legal change of your status. Your Facebook status will change. But it's also a transformational change. And see, these Jews had done this law thing, these externals, uh, which God did command, but they were to be fulfilled in Christ. He says, you know, you need to distinguish between clean and unclean. You need to know what's holy and unholy. You need to know what's righteous and unrighteous. But Paul was saying all of this was really to show you how desperately you needed Jesus you read the Old Testament, you say, Pastor Heath, why is this in here? Why am I supposed to read all these things that it sounds so boring and all these rules? It's to show you that you would have to fulfill all of this to ever make a possibility of heaven. And Paul's saying not a single Jew ever did. It's to show you the desperation of our souls, that we are so far removed from a holy God that we could never attain all of these things. And it should push me more and more to Christ. And Paul says it's only through the legal change that God gives through Christ. It's only through the inner transformation that God gives through Christ that you could ever be declared righteous. Justification is the declaration and the transformation of your righteousness. Righteousness means to be right with God. It means I'm in right relationship with Him. I'm in right standing with Him. And I'm in right living with Him. So yes, Christian, you need to live righteously. Christian, you need to live holy. Christian, your status needs to change. Christian, your lifestyle needs to change. But it never changes through outer works. It only changes through Jesus Christ. It never changes through the outer things you do, but through Christ alone. How is that possible? Well, glad you asked. Because it's the third point. The gospel is grace. The gospel is justification. Just as if I never sinned, that God declares me righteous by status and righteous in transformation. So my status changes. My lifestyle changes because of Him. We say, well, Pastor, if I have... You're just telling me that I just look to Jesus and how in the world is that possible? Don't I have to stop doing some things? Don't I have got to start doing some things? Because how am I changed on the inside if... I mean... I don't get it because I got to see something. I don't know if you are like me, an analytical person. You're like, okay, you're just telling me to believe it. And how do I know if I'm really saved or not? Right? That's a valid question. That's what they were asking. Well, Paul, if you don't tell people what to do and not to do, how are they supposed to know if they're a Christian? Because couldn't they just do whatever they want then? Well, you just told them they're saved, so they don't have to do any rules, right? They don't have any rules in their life. So what do they just go get drunk every weekend, right, Paul? And that's how they're making fun of Paul. We're going to talk about some of that next week. But so look at Galatians 5, verse 5. 
How is it possible that simply believing Jesus Christ makes me right on the status change and right on the interchange? I'm just believing it. How is that possible, Paul? Well, Galatians 5, 5, he says, For through the Spirit, by what? Faith, we are awaiting for the hope of righteousness. It's through the Spirit, by faith. The gospel is grace. The gospel is justification, just as if you never had sinned because of Jesus Christ. And the gospel is faith. Faith. Your new status and your new lifestyle does not come because of outer standards. It comes because of God's grace through the Holy Spirit by faith. What does that mean? You think of Abraham. Think about Abraham just for a moment. Kind of get this in your mind. What does this mean? Abraham was a righteous guy. He was a cool dude. God loved him. But God chose him by grace. Abraham never did anything. Abraham himself was a pagan. He was serving all kinds of gods. But God showed up in Abraham's life and says, I like you. I'm going to choose you. So by grace, I'm choosing you. And Abraham said, okay, that sounds great. I like you too. Let's go do something. So Abraham's, right? I'm just paraphrasing. This is the Heath's version, right? And so God says, I'm going to take you to a land. I'm going to give you some great descendants. And I'm going to bless you with this everlasting covenant through my son that you don't know yet, but you're going to see. And the Holy Spirit's going to come, and all your descendants are going to be following after you. Man, that sounds awesome. Thanks, God. I don't have kids. All right? So he, he agrees. And so God chooses him by grace. Abraham obeys him because of the faith. The Bible says that Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him, imputed to him. That means given to his account as righteous because of his faith. And Paul's, and they look at, the Jews would look at Abraham and say, well, it's because Abraham obeyed. It's because Abraham got circumcised. It's because Abraham did all these things. But Paul said, let's strip it all down. If you go back to the very beginning, it's because Abraham believed in the promise of God's good news for his life. And it's because of that faith that he believed that he then obeyed. He didn't obey and then believe. He believed, then he obeyed. Does that make sense? Okay, And so every day then, Abraham said, because of this faith and this good news you've given me, God, I'm going to leave all my family, sell all possessions, and follow your spirit as you're speaking to me. And so Abraham walked a couple countries over and settled in a new place. All right, think about that. He believed in the grace of God, the good news that God had given. Every day he walked by faith through the Holy Spirit. That's the gospel. And that's what Paul's saying. It's been here from centuries ago. Before the law was ever given, it was always by faith through the Holy Spirit. And so this is the gospel. And today, you and I becoming a child of Jesus Christ, a child of God, is not based on your conformity to a bunch of religious standards, but it's because by faith you accepted the grace of God in Christ. You know, think about it this way. Religious rules... Don't require any faith to follow, right? They don't. I tell you the do's and the don'ts, and you can check yourself off and find out where you fall. They don't require any faith for me to listen to the Holy Spirit on a daily basis. You know what that faith is? That faith is that confident conviction. Hebrews chapter one, or, or chapter eleven. That confident conviction of what God said is coming in my life. Abraham was so confident, so convicted by it that he sold all and left to go. 
that he left it all behind to move forward and take action. And faith is not passive, it's action. It's something that's active in my life. And so I really believe this good news of Jesus Christ, that God promises me the Holy Spirit. He promises me good things through God's grace, that He elected me, He chose me in Christ, freed me of all my sin. He says, this is what I'm going to do in your life. I'm going to let you live with me forever in paradise. If you just believe me, and I say, yes, God, I believe you. So I leave everything behind, my own way of achieving anything in my life, my own understanding, my own feelings, my own behavior. I'll even leave my family, God, if that's what you say. And so every day I walk towards the promise of God by faith, listening to His Spirit to guide me along the way. That is the Christian life. My friend, that is what it's all about. You don't need standards of checklists along the way to see if you made it. You just need faith in the power of the Holy Spirit to guide you. You just need faith in the power of the Holy Spirit to guide you. Religious rules require no faith. They require no relationship with God. And religious rules are never accomplished by the power of the Holy Spirit within you. An activated, faith-filled Christian relies on the power of the Holy Spirit every day to transform them into the righteous person Christ declares them to be. That wasn't even in the notes. That's free. I'm confidently convicted about God's promise. I'm trusting God every day by His Spirit to lead me. Even if I don't know where I'm going, just like Abraham, are you trusting God's Spirit to lead you every day? to work out that salvation inside of you, fear and trembling to say, God, I'm headed for the promise. Where do I go today, God? Holy Spirit, what are you doing today? Holy Spirit, how are you guiding me today? I'm so desperate for your grace, Lord God. I'm so thankful for your grace, Lord God. I'm humbled. I'm seated at this place of grace. I'm kneeling down before you, desperate, Lord, that I am unholy without you. I need you, God. But I thank you. You've justified me. You declared me legally innocent in the most high courts. You set my feet in a place of no condemnation, no shame. There's no regrets. There's no standing. But God, every day I'm listening to you by faith. I'm desperate for you, God. I'm trusting you, God, that your word is true, that you're taking me to a land I've never seen before. God, I've never seen Jesus in the physical form, but I believe he exists. God, I've never seen angels. I've never seen streets of gold. But God, I believe it because you said it. And I feel your spirit every day guiding me, correcting me, convincing me, God, that this is the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I am persuaded to keep on going. That's the gospel. That's the good news. It's unshakable, church. It's built on grace. It's built on justification in Christ. It's built on your faith and the power of the Holy Spirit. And how do I know this for sure? How do we know this for sure? Galatians 3 verse 2 says, Paul says this, because these guys are saying, okay, but are you sure? Are you Are you really sure it's that easy? Can it be that simple? Can it really be that easy and that simple? Ah, Yeah, that's called faith. You've got to trust God to do it, not you. Galatians 3, 2, he says, I just ask you, is this the only thing I want to find out from you today? Did you receive the Holy Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you obeyed all the external traditions Is that how the Holy Spirit showed up in your life? Or did he show up when you believed by faith? You see, the chances are you today did not receive the Holy Spirit when you joined the worship team, became a Sunday school teacher, or stopped smoking or drinking or cussing. While those are all great things, 
The Holy Spirit showed up and was activated in your life when you confessed your sins and your need for a holy God. And the Holy Spirit washed you out of snow and you saw, man, I feel different. There's joy in my heart. Maybe there was an expression of prophecy or tongues that came upon you. Yes, those are great manifestations, but the activating power of the Holy Spirit came in your life when you said, Jesus, I'm so desperate for your grace. I believe you're enough in Christ alone, and I'm believing by faith you're going to take me somewhere one day. And the Holy Spirit comes in your life. He says, is that not proof enough that God loves you? Is it not proof enough that you've met approval by God? If you can feel the Holy Spirit in your heart, if you can sense Him in your life, if you can see His power working within you, if you can hear Him speaking to you, if you, if you can feel His presence working within you, then you know God loves you. God's received you. God saved you. He's approving of you. You're His child because the Holy Spirit is in your life. And nobody can tell you otherwise. Nobody can tell you otherwise that you are not a child of God if the Holy Spirit is living inside of you. Because you know you can cry out, My Father, My Father. You have been approved. Good enough to have the very Shekinah glory, the Spirit of God inside of you that priests for years could only go and even barely tangibleize it, just get into it once a year. Now it lives daily in you. You're a temple of the Holy Spirit. That's good News, church. Something we should be excited about every day of our life. Something we should tell the world about because the gospel is grace, the gospel is justification, the gospel is faith. Proof that God has justified you by faith alone is the Holy Spirit in you. So I close with this. The gospel is living. The gospel is really living. And still, people continue to ask, and we'll continue to debate this good news, even in today's world, just as it did with Paul. They say, but Pastor Heath, how do I really live free of standards? It's like the same question over and over again. How do I really live free of standards? Are you certain I won't sin? Are you certain that this is good enough? Last verse I want you to look at, Galatians 2.20. Galatians 2.20. How do I live free of standards? Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live, here's the key, while I live it in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. And there he says this. Don't forget to add this verse. I do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died needlessly. What was he saying? You want to know how you can live free of standards today? Receive the grace of God. Believe you've been justified and live every day by faith. And Paul said, My faith and the Holy Spirit within me is calling me to unite with the death of Christ. Every day, the Holy Spirit within me is calling me to unite with His death. And so like Him, I'm being led away from the evil of this world. Like Him, I'm being led away from sin and self and society like Jesus, I'm getting alone with God. Like Jesus, the Holy Spirit is speaking to me. Like Jesus, the Holy Spirit is living inside of me and guiding me. And I'm living by faith as that Holy Spirit's working on in my life. And so he says this, I have died to religious standards because Jesus is my standard and he lives in me. I've died to religious standards because he's my standard. He's my standard. 
How do you know if you're a Christian? Are you doing it right? Is Jesus your standard? Are you dying with Him daily? Are you following by faith in the Holy Spirit? Do you really believe Christ alone is enough? And do you stand at the place of desperation for His amazing grace? Are you good enough? Or are you trusting in yourself? Are you trusting in works of righteousness, external things, to feel more saved, to gain approval? And I'll tell you today, God loves you so much. And some people are so worried if I'm good enough, if I'm holy enough, maybe I need to try harder, do better. I don't know if I fit into this church or uh, I'm not, I don't know as much Bible as so-and-so or I'm not, I've done too many wrong things or I've never fit in anywhere else. Let me tell you something today. You fit in here. We love you. Okay? God loves you. The Holy Spirit is willing to fill you and, and He wants to save you and it's all of us today stand at the place of grace. And we have to believe that Jesus Christ alone, Jesus Christ alone saves us. Makes us holy as we could ever be holy. Would you bow your heads today, worship team, would you come? This is the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's no fanfare, there's no special PowerPoints or lasers or illustrations or quirky little things to get you to believe it. I just... Believe today the gospel has got to be enough for us, church. In this day and age, across this country, people have itching ears. They want to hear a new word. They want to hear something that wows them, that amazes them, that catches them, that gives them a Facebook quote, gives them something to post on Twitter or Instagram. They want to be always wooed and wowed. But simply, or can we be amazed again at the gospel of Jesus Christ that is, we are justified by grace through faith and the power of the Holy Spirit? You're good enough, church. You're here today and you're wondering, am I good enough? Can God use me? Can God move in my life? Does God approve of me? Will God accept me? Have I done too much? Have I gone too far? I don't have it all together yet. The Holy Spirit can come into your life today. Maybe He's already there and you're just insecure because you've been measuring all these external things. Just like the word we had earlier today, God just wants you to look to Jesus Christ. He just wants you to look to His Son who is all-sufficient. He's all-sufficient. And the good news is that you can't do anything to help Him along. You just got to get a place where I'm so desperate for the grace of God. I'm humbled, laid bare before the cross of Christ and say, God, I am so undone without You. Lord, I repent of my sins. This is all for all of us Christians. We all live at the place of repentance. We all live at the place where we're undone. We all live at the place where we're abandoned before a holy God. And we live there in awe that Christ alone, by God's grace, sets us free from sin and death. He sets us free from condemnation, sin, and shame. And He says, I'm going to fill you with My Holy Spirit and I'm going to use you to change the world. He wants to use you today, church. He wants to use you if you'll let Him. You're good enough to be used by His Spirit. You're good enough to speak forth His Word. If the Holy Spirit's in you, if the Holy Spirit's moving in your life, God approves of you. God loves you. God saves you. God's satisfied with you. And He's drawing you day by day closer to Himself, closer to Jesus Christ. Some of us need to rest in that place of grace. 
And some of us need to say, God, I need to stop measuring external standards. Maybe there's Christians that we looked in our life and we're wondering if they're Christian or not. Put that thinking aside. That's a false gospel. That's legalism. That's heresy to begin to condemn other believers for what they do and don't do. Say, God, I'm just focusing on me and you. I'm desperate for your grace. I'm living by faith in the power of the Holy Spirit day by day. Holy Spirit, we come in this place today, God, asking for more of you, asking for you to reveal yourself to us. God, see if there's anything in our hearts that be not worthy, that be not holy. God, anything that shouldn't be there, God, we ask you to forgive us of all of our sins, cleanse us of all unrighteousness, lead us every day by faith. God, we believe in the good news of Jesus Christ. And if you want to pray a prayer like that with me today,